Good morning, ladies. Um, I just checked the weather and it is currently negative 20 degrees at my house. And so probably not having our study this morning was a really good idea for all of us. Negative 20 and that's without the wind chill. Um, but I'm very thankful for technology and the ability for us to still sit down together and talk about our study time and open the word a little bit together. Um, but before we get into this week, um, chapters two and three, and how the they bridge to chapters four and five, I just wanted to take a couple minutes and um, quick evaluate the last couple weeks. So our first meeting was two weeks ago today, <clears throat> and it was an overload. There was information overload. There was um, reading material overload. There was a lot to take in. There was a lot of challenges. There was a lot. So God, in his wisdom, gave us an extra week to kind of settle in and dig in and figure out if how or where or what that actually looks like lived out in our lives. So some of you are absolutely loving it. You're having great time getting up in the morning. You are seeing benefits in your walk with the Lord. You are sharing it with other people. Um, we ran out of workbooks because we have been, you've been sharing it with so many other people and what it's doing in your life that other people are following along with us, tracking with us, although they're not part of our study. That's kind of amazing that we need to print more workbooks. So that, that's super fun. Um, some of you have been really vocal about what the Lord is doing in your life, which is so encouraging. Um, I was telling our small group last night that I am overwhelmed by this study, but not overwhelmed like, how's it gonna happen? Or how am I gonna do it all? Or anything to do with me. I'm overwhelmed at how the Lord has been kind in letting me have a front row seat to what he's doing in your lives. Um, I really, I get to hear about it Every day, every day there's somebody that's talking about a, a different deepening in their walk with the Lord. Um, and that has nothing to do with me, but I get to have a front seat to watch it, which I think is so amazing. I'm overwhelmed at the privilege of, it, of that. So if you are feeling great, if you're feeling like everything is going really well, um, keep it up. Really, keep it up. Um, the next couple chapters ask you to dig in a little deeper and um, lean in a little bit more. So that's exciting. That's challenging because sometimes we feel like we're already there and we just need to sit there for a minute. Um, but if you have seen the Lord be faithful in answering your prayer, yes, during this study, <clears throat> don't be satisfied. Continue to, to lean in and grow and ask for some more. Some of you are still up in the air. Some of you are, you like it, but getting up isn't really what you're after. It's not really your jam. Um, some of you, your time in the word is really hit or miss. And I want you to know that that's okay because this is about growing. This is not about achieving seven days a week, getting up at four o'clock in the morning before everybody else and getting everything done. <clears throat> this is about spending time with the Lord and leaning into him. I'm gonna say leaning in quite a bit because it's really such an accurate picture. Leaning into what he has for you. 
So if you are currently averaging three mornings a week, great. That's wonderful. Try for four. There's nothing wrong with, with being okay to grow slow. We all want the end. We all want to be at the end of our journey or to have the process be done and to have the victory of whatever it is that we're trying to achieve. But the Lord loves the process. It means that we rely on him, that we lean in, that we need him. He loves to be needed. He's wired us to need him. So if you feel like you are, you're not all in yet, that's okay. Take a deep breath and pray about it. And then just take a baby step. Some of you are ready to quit. <laughs> you are not loving the getting up early. You are not getting anything out of your, your Bible reading. You don't like the morning clubs. Here's what I want to say to you. <clears throat> Hang in there. Give it a little time. Sometimes in the process, we need to change our expectations. Sometimes in the process, we need to just sit and let the Lord take control of what's happening. Sometimes in the process, there are things that we need to change. So if you feel like you're ready to quit, let's evaluate some things first. Maybe getting up at a different time is really what you what would be better for you. If you feel like you're not achieving quality time with the Lord in the morning before you have to get ready, before the kids are up. You might need to get up earlier. I know that that's probably not super popular. Um, you might need to. You might need to try it. You might need to try a, a different portion of scripture or a different way of reading the Bible. Other thing I want to say um, is if you are reading a devotional in the morning and you're not actually diving into the word of God, you're missing out. So it's really hard early in the morning to read what other people's thoughts are on the Lord instead of hearing from the Lord. So if that's you, take heart. There is hope. There is growth ahead of you. The Lord has not left you where you're at to just suffer and struggle and not be plugged into him, not abide in him. Hang in there maybe change things up a little bit and, and we'll see how it goes from there. I also want to encourage you to celebrate some successes that you've had. If you are not a morning person and you've been getting up in the morning, celebrate that with whatever celebration looks like for you. If it's chocolate, I mean, that would be what I would go for. Go for it. If it's talking to somebody about it and having a little party, sweet, do that too. I think that that's really, really great. And understand that this is not, I'm not getting bonus points in heaven for doing this study. You're not getting bonus points with the Lord where he's going to love you more than he already does. You are in the process of building a lifestyle that's based on biblical principles. You are disciplining yourself for godliness, which means the longer you can continue to do it, the more you seek the Lord through it, the more Christ-like you become. The more Christ-like you become, the more it's easier to love him, the more it's easier to love like him, the more we start to become like him. That's exciting. That That is the reason to be doing this study, is to become more Christ-like. If you do need to adjust anything at all, this is the point where you can let me know. If you need to switch a group, if you need to get into a group, um, 
that would be really good. I was super bummed that we weren't together this morning um, until I realized that maybe the Lord wants to use this a little bit more individually. Um, maybe he wants to speak to you in a way that if you were in a room full of women, you wouldn't hear it as clearly. It wouldn't be as loud. Um, maybe it allows me to push a little bit more than I would if you were sitting in front of me. Um, I am not exactly sure. All I know is that this is what the Lord has for us today. So let's go with it. Um, I was, I'm just going to tell you this. I was bummed because I had some really great visual aids that we are going to try to save for another day, but I am going to try to talk through one of them. Um, so I have a counseling background and going through school, we used to talk about all these different ways to kind of gauge where people were at with different things. And, um, in one of my classes, it was a, um, early childhood development class. We were talking about delayed gratification with kids. And we watched a video and we talked through this experiment where there would be a plate in front of a kid um, and someone would come in and they would put a marshmallow. It's called the marshmallow experiment, but I don't really want to do marshmallows because it's freezing cold. So we have some cookies left over from small group last night. So we're going to call this the cookie experiment for our purposes. So what would happen is a kid would sit at the table in a little room um, and an adult would come in and say, okay, I'm going to give you this cookie or marshmallow. I'm going to put it on your plate and you can eat it if you want to, or you can choose not to eat it and I'm going to leave. And when I come back, if the cookie is still there, untouched and uneaten, I'll give you two. So you can have it now, or you can wait until I come back and you can have two. And then the video camera rolls, the grown-up leaves, and you just see the kid with the marshmallow on his plate or a cookie in our instance, deciding, am I going to take the immediate gratification or am I going to have the delayed gratification? And obviously they don't think in terms like that, but it becomes really obvious where their heart lies. If it's something that they need right now and they don't want to wait, they can't wait, there's no possible way. Some kids dive in immediately, some kids just lick it. <laughs> just kind of gross, but I get it. It's not really eating it. So it's, you know, kind of working around the rules. Some kids just take little nibbles. There are kids that you can see are visibly in distress because they really so badly want this, but the thought of promise of two cookies is overwhelming for them. So you see the whole, the whole video, there's 20 different kids or something. And then they come in and you see the kids that get two and how excited they are and how one in each hand, sometimes they're eating both cookies at the same time. Um, it's really, really cute. And it's a fun illustration of um, delayed gratification. That's what um, the world would use that term, delayed gratification, putting something off so that something better that you want more is, is there. Sometimes in the Christian world, we use the term, the principle of the better pleasure same exact thing. The better pleasure is two cookies compared to one cookie. If you can wait for the better pleasure, it is better for you. That really ties into chapters two, three, and then four, especially chapter four that we're going to go through. And you might think that this has nothing to do with what we're talking about today, but I just want you to keep that in mind. We're going to talk about a story from scripture that's really very familiar. 
story where it's about two women and Jesus. One of them gets a bad rap, historically, a really, really bad rap. And one of them, we're going to see, makes a good decision in that one instance. And so let's dive in, actually. We'll just stop talking about it and actually dive in. If you have a Bible near you, maybe you want to pause the video or the podcast and go grab your Bible. We're going to be in Luke chapter 10. Okay, Luke chapter 10, <clears throat> verse 38 through 42. This is the story of Mary and Martha, which I'm guessing most of you are super familiar with. But maybe this will help um, change how you feel about the story a little bit. Typically, Martha gets a super bad rap um, in this story, but I think that this is a really great illustration of where we are in our Shopping for Time study. Typically, when you hear the Mary and Martha story, I love that it's known as that too. You think of it as you're either supposed to walk away or you either identify with Mary or you identify with Martha. I want to suggest to you that it's not an either or story. It's a both and, which is so exciting. I hope you end this just as excited as I am. When you think about Mary and the decision that she makes versus Martha and the decision that she makes, there's a there's a huge contrast right there. It it clearly becomes somewhere something where you feel like you need to choose a side. Let's read and maybe that'll become a little bit more clear. Verse 38 says, Now as they were on their way, that's Jesus and his disciples, Jesus entered a village and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving. And she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. I'm going to read that again. One thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. Such a familiar passage. There's so much truth in these four verses. So much truth, truth for us as women. I've got my notes right next to me. So if you see me looking away, that's only because I want to make sure that I highlight all of these amazing things. So both and. Just keep that in the back of your mind as we continue. This story starts out with Jesus, who is pretty popular at this stage, traveling to a small village where Mary and Martha live. Um, it's a small town of Bethany. It's not a big city. It's off the beaten path. It's Jesus came specifically to see them. It's also important to know that Jesus came unannounced. Martha didn't know it wasn't in her planner. She didn't know where he was going to go, where when he was going to come. It's also important to remember that Jesus has disciples. He came with an entourage. So all of a sudden, there's a party that walks through her door. There is someone who is a friend, but is also pretty popular and has a, a pretty strong following right now. So it might even have been more than just that who walks through the door. I don't know if you have had any experience with anyone, any celebrities or not. Um, a friend of mine from college actually uh, ended up marrying Amy Lee from Evanescence, the lead singer from Evanescence. And so um, 
Evanescence came to the town that we were living in and um, Josh, her husband, invited Jason and I to come backstage and meet his wife and, you know, kind of get to know her. And so I had never met a celebrity before. I didn't know anything about it. And it wasn't even my house. I was going to see her after her concert. Well, I'm sure she was exhausted. And a town that she had never been to before. It was, it was just, it was overwhelming for me. I don't even know. Maybe it wasn't overwhelming for her. But I got thinking, this is my friend's wife. I want to, I want to encourage her. I want to be kind to her. I want to do something nice for her. I have this, I want to, to love her in a way that uh, maybe somebody won't before or make her feel special or just, you know, whatever. So I made applesauce. <laughs> it sounds so silly now. <laughs> I wrapped up some jars of applesauce because I figured that she's on the road all the time. She probably would want something from home. Uh -huh. And I took these homemade jars of applesauce through security, like had to have them checked over by her security team and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> so we, I keep them with me through the show. It's wonderful. She has a beautiful voice, amazing talent. Get to her dressing room and there's huge bouquets of flowers all over the place. <laughs> I just hand her this bag of applesauce, hoping somewhere in there she understands, hey, maybe you just need a little bit of home, or hey, maybe your husband is a friend of mine, and maybe that maybe this will just be something that shows you that we like you, or, you know, let's be friends, or something like that. Anyway, it was, it continues to get sillier as time goes on, but in my heart, I was really trying to welcome. I was really trying to say, I'm, I see you. I see what's happening in your life. I want to make you feel important in my life. I just want to do it. It's such a silly example. I know. <clears throat> Can you imagine, though, Martha, who is a friend of Jesus, she knows at this stage that he is the Messiah. He's also got this huge following and he shows up unannounced to her house. It's her house. Can you imagine? I was trying to think what, what would be, I mean, there is no equivalent to the Lord coming, but what would be something that, that I would feel the need to, to clean everything in my house immediately. And probably if the Royal family showed up, if the queen of England showed up to my house unannounced with her whole entourage, you better believe I would be going nuts. You better believe if she showed up today, I would want everything recleaned. I would try to distract her so that I could get stuff done. That's not even remotely close to who had walked in to her, to, Ma to Martha's house at that moment. So he walks in, there's everyday chores. I mean, ladies, this is not the 21st century. This is back in Jesus day. Think about the dirt. Think about the daily chores just to manage a household at that stage. She didn't have a washing machine. She didn't have a dishwasher. Didn't have mobile grocery orders. Hy-Vee's not delivering. Neither is um, neither is Walmart. Nobody. She can't just drive around and get. She doesn't even have a car. She can't just run out and get stuff. So she has got to make a, what she feels is a meal appropriate for someone who is of that celebrity status. She's entertaining the King of Kings at that moment. Put yourself in Martha's shoes for a minute. She does get a bad rap here. But listen to what Jesus says to her. 
well, let's talk about Mary first, actually. So Mary, it doesn't even say, there's no transition. It just says Mary sits at his feet. That was not something that a woman, that's not a place a woman would ever sit. It wasn't allowed. It wasn't culturally acceptable. A woman, that was a place for a disciple to be, was at the feet of the teacher. And Mary comes right in, sits right at his feet. I don't know if she had to shove people out of the way. I don't know. I mean, we can, we can speculate. But it also shows an understanding that Mary really understood who Jesus was at this moment. So you have the contrast of the two sisters. Martha is distracted. She's overwhelmed. She's preoccupied, busy. She's anxious and troubled. Christ used those words to talk about her. And this, if you don't, if you don't pay attention to this, you, you, you glaze right over it. At one stage, she says to Lord, the Lord, Jesus comes in, uh, Mary sits at his feet, Martha is distracted with much serving. And she throws down right with Jesus, right there. She brings Jesus right into the middle of this fight with her sister and says, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? How do you think Mary got to the place where she even said that? Probably, my guess is two things. Either this was not a, a isolated incident with Mary. Either Mary frequently didn't help, which maybe, I mean, we don't know. But I think probably Martha understanding who God was wanted to sit at his feet as well. And instead of actually doing it, <clears throat> felt the need to do things that no one else was going to do at that time. If Martha didn't prepare the meal, nobody else was going to do it. Or maybe so she thought. She, in this instant, the reason that she gets so frustrated is she's looking around comparing herself to those around her. I'm so guilty of that. Maybe you are too. That this is not only a passage about two sisters and the choices that they make and the better pleasure, which we're going to come back to. Let's not gloss over the fact that Mary was preoccupied, busy, anxious, troubled, because she was comparing, because she was looking at her situation and looking at somebody else's situation as well, and didn't think that the two lined up the way that she wanted them to. I do just, I love that there's a family fight that breaks out. I, I think it's kind of amazing. Martha was probably exhausted. I guess she really wanted, I mean, Mary was at the feet of Jesus, which was not culturally acceptable. How amazing would it have been to be one of the first women to sit at Jesus' feet. I get goosebumps thinking about that. Maybe that speaks to right where you are. You want to sit at his feet. We're encouraging you to do it first thing in the morning, but you feel all the obligations to do what no one else is going to do. The babies, the laundry, the meal prep, the grocery shopping, the errands, the running kids to school, the delivering the backpacks. Three of you this week said you had to deliver backpacks in the last two weeks. I just want to encourage you to free yourself of that. Christ is going to tell Martha to do the same thing in just a minute. If you can sit first and ask the Lord to take care of those tasks around you, ask for strength, ask for help, listen to what he has to say, obey and be faithful, just watch what he does. Just watch what he does. Back to the story. Martha throws down, asks Jesus to intervene. And Jesus is so tender with her. 
He's so, so gentle. He knows exactly where she's at. He knows the frustration that she's feeling. He calls her, he says it right there. Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. That's me. I'm anxious and troubled about many things. He probably could have said Meredith in this verse. I'm anxious and troubled about many, many things. He shows gentleness. He calls her by name. That's so amazing to me. He knew what was really on her mind. I think that's the, that leads me to believe that she really wanted, she really wanted to be. He never tells her in this, you're anxious and troubled about many things. One thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good person which will not be taken away from her. He never said, don't serve. He never said, you don't need to prepare a meal. He never said, walk away from the daily chores. He never ever said, all those things that you do that are part of what I've put in front of you, don't do any of them. He didn't, he didn't say any of that. What does he say here? <clears throat> He's asking her to choose the better pleasure. Mary has chosen, one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good, the good portion. When I think about the one thing that's necessary for my days, for what's happening to make our lives continue to run the way that they run, if I could only choose one thing, it would probably be laundry, you know, or eating. I don't always go, my first reaction is not to sit with the Lord, to my shame. My first reaction is not to sit with the Lord, but the Lord is asking Martha to choose the better pleasure. The Lord is asking Martha not to not serve, but he's saying, Martha, choose to spend time with me and then do all that stuff first. One thing is necessary. Choose what is better. That's exciting. It's not cookies, it's not marshmallows, it's time with the Savior. It's time with the Lord who loves you, the one who went to the cross for you. He is asking you to choose him first. It's not an either or moment. This is really just a priority check. He knows there's work to be done every day. He understands the laundry, the clothes, the meals, the people that need us, the people that depend on us. He's not asking you not to do those things. He's just asking you to choose wisely. This, ladies, is why we have put such a huge, huge emphasis on waking up early. And most, most all of you, I don't know that there's anyone, all of you have done that. All of you have gotten up early, at least once. I haven't gone through and checked, but I know that every one of you have at least gotten up once early in the morning to spend time with the Lord. That's amazing. You are doing what he's asking you to do. Continue to do it. It goes beyond the four weeks of this study. This is now becoming a, a habit. This is now becoming part of how you are building a godly lifestyle. That's so, so exciting to me. Doing is always easier than listening. <clears throat> in the book, there's a quote by Charles Spurgeon, and I'm going to read it so I don't get it wrong. It says, we ought to be Martha and Mary in one. We should be able to do much service and have much communion at the same time. For this, we need great grace. It is easier to serve than to commune. The Lord knows that. 
He knows that it's easier to do, it's easier to check off your to-do list than it is to put all of that aside and spend time with him in the morning. Here's where the bridge comes. The sitting down, the rising early, sitting still at Jesus' feet. We're gonna work into prioritizing those things that matter. It kind of sounds redundant at this stage that we're continuing to make this a big deal. But ladies, this is the big deal. Jesus is the big deal. Spending time with him in his word, first thing before all those other things, he is the better pleasure. He is the, the only thing. He is the one necessary thing for our lives. It's kind of amazing. We need the Lord to fuel us. We talked the last time we were together about how the Holy Spirit needs to continue to fill us. And he is able to do that. He definitely wants to do that, to be able to fuel us for all of our tasks. Let's go back to the cookie illustration for just a couple minutes. If the cookies illustrate the better pleasure that that is spending time with the Lord, the one thing that's necessary, it's not just a daily cookie. It's not just a tiny little bit every day. It's actually an amazing amount of the Lord that you're getting. It's not one cookie's worth of the Lord every day, or maybe if you're choosing to get up super, super early and, and do it, you get two cookies worth. This is all the cookies I had left over from small group last night. But if it were a picture, if the cookies represent what we get from spending time with the Lord and obeying him and putting him first, the one necessary thing, my whole house would be filled with cookies. There would be cookies all over my neighborhood. That's the type of abundant love that he gives us. If not able to be measured by cookies, I realize how silly this is. I realize how silly this is, but maybe this is a good illustration for you. Don't settle for one cookie's worth of the Lord. Ask him to continue to bless you with everything that he's got for you and see what he does. See how quickly he fills your life with him, himself. See how quickly he fills you with the Holy Spirit and just continues to give you what he wants you to do that day. It begs the question, what's keeping you from this abundant Jesus, the one thing that's necessary? Is it sleep? <clears throat> Is it social media? Is it a relationship? I have, I have no idea what it... Is it work? Is it expectations? The list goes on. Take a couple minutes today. I realize that you probably have a house full of kids and nobody can go outside and everybody's punchy already at nine o'clock in the morning. But take a minute and think about what is keeping you from truly experiencing the better pleasure of the Lord. Just think about that for a couple minutes. Okay, now let's transition super quick into um, what's coming this week. Your, um, let's talk about the book first. This week we're going to be reading chapters um, 4 and 5, which start on page 51. And um, we continue to push, um, to challenge, to grow, to be more Christ-like. These two chapters, there's a lot of work that goes into these two chapters um, about 
prioritizing your time and evaluating relationships. Now, I understand that that doesn't sound fun at the moment today, but it is amazing how the Lord has used this in my life. The book suggests you take a personal retreat. If you can take a personal retreat this week, if you can swap with another mom, we sent an email about that earlier this week. If you can get your husband to stay home with the kids one morning or one afternoon, one evening, if you can fly away to Mexico and avoid all the cold, do it. Do anything that you can to set yourself aside to set apart some time to really evaluate what the Lord might be wanting to change in your life so that you can prioritize things better with him so that you can choose the better pleasure easily. I've given you some space in your workbook and that starts on the priority check starts on page 28 and um, lean into this. I know that this is scary. I know it looks like a lot of work. Um, the perfectionist in me wants to have it all figured out and then write the answers in so that this is like pretty and neat forever. I can get you new pages. Go at it. Draw, be messy. Really, really use this time to, to dive in with the Lord if you can. Then on page 36, chapter 5 talks about um, evaluating relationships. And we've given you some space starting on page 36 to evaluate um, some of those relationships that you may have. This is hard for me. I'm going to be really honest with you right now. It's hard for me to look at people and think, are you helping me? Are you a hindrance to my spiritual walk? I, I don't enjoy doing this. But what I do enjoy doing is being purposeful in my relationships with everything in my life. And it really, really shines a light for me every time I walk through this it shines a light on where I need to be spending time and who I need to be praying for who are the VIPs in my life who are the ones that the Lord has put there on purpose who do I need to be diving in with who do I need to be diving in around pray through this that's my advice pray through this and then pray through it again um, don't be afraid to write things down. Nobody's going to look at this. Um, if you're done and you, when you finish it and you want to take it out of your workbook so that it can, nobody has a chance to look at it. You can tape two pages together. You can just kind of keep it private. Nobody, nobody's going to ask to see this. This is just for you. Um, so I don't want you to be afraid that someone's going to see something that you wrote. <clears throat> that's not what, that's not what we want. The last thing, nope, not the last thing, misspoke there. Um, the talk about it for um, this week, this last two weeks, are on page 16 and 17. So these are what you would have been talking about in your small groups today at the tables. Um, and actually, you have small group text groups. So these are some great questions to ask each other to kind of evaluate, um, lean in to those clubs in the morning. They're more than just for between 5 a.m. and 6.30. Use them throughout the day. They are, those, the ladies in your group, they're there for a reason. They're there to learn and grow and, and be challenged as well. Um, next week, the talk about it will be on page 39. Um, 
for chapters four and five. So if we want to look through and, and come up with some answers or kind of evaluate that, I think that would be good. Now, last thing I want to say about the workbook is that we got a little wonky last week with um, the days of the workbook. And honestly, it doesn't matter to me what day you do when. You could start at page 20, day 20, and work backwards if you want to. Um, this week, I am going to start on day 6, which is on page 18, and do 6 through 10. But if you've already done page 6 through 10, just move on. Just continue to go on. It doesn't actually... That doesn't matter. It really is just a space, a tool for you to use as you are um, spending time with the Lord and a, a way to focus that time so that you can get the most out of it. I don't think I forgot anything. Um, if you have any questions, don't hesitate to email, call, text, send a smoke signal. If you need anything while it's super cold, please reach out. We'd be more than happy to help you with whatever you need. Obviously, like the emergency stuff, if your pipes freeze, if your heaters break, that kind of stuff, reach out right away. But if there's anything else that you need, I am praying for you. I'm so thankful for you. I just count it such a joy to be able to walk through this with you, to be growing through this. Um, I need this more than probably anybody else I know. I need this. I need the accountability. I need the ability to sit and be still before the Lord. I need the ability to sit and plan. I need all of it. So I'm praying for you as a heart that knows. We love you, ladies. Um, the Lord loves you. Super baby. We're praying already that we can be together next week. I have so much chocolate <laughs> to give you. <laughs> and I'm going to have some resources next week too that we can we can flip through and things that we'll be giving away. I'm hoping to send to you as well some testimonies of some ladies um, who've had some really great growth already. And if you have had some great growth and have not, you've not reached out to anybody yet, please let us know what the Lord is doing in your life. It's such an encouragement to hear from you. We love you.